we'll have our children in in just a minute. But today, we, as I mentioned, we're talking about generosity. Generosity is one of those things that define human beings. And what I mean by that is, how many people think a rat is a generous creature? Is a dog a generous creature? When you think about a dog, do they share their food with other animals? No. You see, I think that what defines human beings is our need to give. In fact, religion has finally proved, what, uh, science has finally proved what religion knew all along, that giving is good for us. People who are generous are generally more healthy. Uh, they have a healthier outlook. They have a healthier body. Uh, and so giving is good. It's what sets us apart from other animals, right? And uh, so today we're going to be talking about generosity. And uh, the boys and girls can come on down. They're standing there waiting on me. So come on in. We're going to share a story with one another. And then we've got an activity. So you guys can gather up here in the front. You're going to be doing something fun. Just come in and have a seat. You guys can gather around here, right here. Now, we're going to share a story with you guys, so you may want to sit over here so you can see the picture. All right, so come on in. Thank you. Hi, Dalton. All right. So as you guys gather in, let me ask you, what do you think the word generosity means? Jesus, yeah, Jesus is an example of God's generosity to us and models that, especially in today's gospel lesson where we hear about somebody who was sick, God had cured them, and he turned around to give God thanks. So yeah, what about anybody else? Generosity. Anybody else? Now, there's a word that you probably know that's called sharing. Do you know what sharing means? Yeah, Briar? Okay, very good. So she said if you have a toy and somebody's playing with it and they want to play with it, you can share it and play it together. Anybody else? Okay, so today I've got a story I want to share with you about generosity, and it's called In God's Hands, okay? And this is a story both for anybody down here, but also for all of us, okay? So if you want to come hear the story, you don't have to sit in the back. Don't be afraid. These boys and girls are brave. They came up here. So come on down if you want to hear the story and participate. This is an intergenerational activity, so we got Peggy's coming up. All right. Bob's coming up. Look at all these boys and girls coming up. These... All right. So while they're coming up and getting settled, let me start with a story, okay? It's called In God's Hands, all right? So you got, and it's got pictures, so you're going to want to see the pictures too, all right? That's right. Here we go. When the sun sets and the stars fill the sky, the, squirrel, the square in the little town grows quiet and still. The cool air of distant hill mingles with the sweet smell of bread. The moon rises and glows softly. It's the sort of place where miracles could happen. See the pictures? Yeah? All right. But miracles were the furthest thing in mind from the imaginations of Jacob and David. Jacob was a rich man. He was too busy thinking about how to make more money than to look for a miracle. 
When he came into the synagogue, the rabbi would hardly begin to speak before Jacob fell asleep. When the service was over, Jacob would wake up and walk back home. David was a poor man. He was too busy thinking about how to feed his family than to look for a miracle. He was the caretaker at the synagogue, and when the prayers were done, he would sweep and dust and tidy up the place. Then he would go back home to a house empty of everything but hungry children. See Jacob and David? That's, that's right. That's pretty much how it went day after day, and that's pretty much how that might have kept on going until one morning Jacob, the rich man, did something he had never done before. He woke up just for a moment during the reading of the Bible. Why did Jacob wake up just then? Well, who knows, but he did, and just long enough to hear one verse from the book of Leviticus. You shall bake twelve loaves of challah bread and set them before me in two rows, six in each row. That was it. Then he yawned and he fell back to sleep. When the service was over, Jacob rubbed his eyes and swallowed hard. The sound of the words was still clear in his ears that he was sure it must have been God who had spoken to him. But why to me of all people, he wondered, and why twelve loaves of bread? On the other hand, who am I to question God? So Jacob the rich man hurried home and the square and baked twelve loaves of challah bread. Do you like to bake bread? Do you like the smell of bread? You like to eat it. A lot of people like to eat it. But now Jacob had a problem how to get the bread to God. He decided that the synagogue was the holiest place he knew, so he put the loaves and the challah in the sack and carried them back to the synagogue. All right, you see the story? We're going to do those in just a minute. Don't. <laughs> All right. All right, let's. Uh, just, we'll finish up in just a minute. But where in the synagogue should they put the bread? By the doorway? That was too busy. On the shelf of holy books? That was too crowded. By the eastern wall that they might get stepped on, then Jacob saw the holy ark. He thought, of course. He walked up the steps, opened the door to the ark, and carefully set the 12 loaves of bread inside in two neat rows on flattened sacks, just as God had told them. Then, feeling a little foolish, he closed the door and walked home. Okay? No sooner had Jacob left than David, the poor man, came into the synagogue. He cleaned up, he swept, he dusted, and he tidied up. Then he stopped in front of the holy ark. His family had so little, and he was so hungry. Oh, God, he prayed, we are out of food. Oh, Lord of infinite wisdom and compassion, I am afraid that if you do not see fit to help us soon, we shall all starve. Do you know what starve means? Hungry. Hungry, that's right. Then he opened the doors of the ark, and there they were, 12 loaves of bread. Oh God, David said, I did not know that you work like that. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who answers the prayers of all who call upon you in need. Overjoyed, he gathered the 12 loaves into the sack and ran home to show his wife and the children the bread from heaven. No sooner than he had left Jacob, the rich man came back to the empty synagogue, curious to see if God really ate the challah bread. He slowly approached the ark and opened the doors. The bread is gone. Oh my God, he whispered. God, you really ate the bread. It's a miracle. 
I thought you were only kidding. Please forgive me. I wasn't sure it was really you, so I skimped out on the eggs. This is wonderful. Next week, I will be back here with 12 new loaves, and at that time, I will spare no expense. He closed the door to the ark and ran home to tell his family that God had accepted his prayers. So next week, Jacob did just as he had promised. The rich man brought to the synagogue 12 new loaves of bread, and this time with raisins. He placed them in two neat rows inside the ark. Praised are you, O Lord our God, he said, who accept the gifts of those who offer them in love. No sooner than Jacob had left the, than David, the poor man, came in. O God, he prayed, we've eaten all the bread you gave us, and some we have given away to those less fortunate. But now there is nothing left again. I know that I should not ask you, and I hope you won't mind me being greedy, but do you think in your infinite compassion? He slowly approached the ark. You could somehow see fit to bestow on your servant another small gift, perhaps just one more tiny miracle? He opened the doors of the ark, and sure enough, there were 12 loaves of bread, and this time with raisins. Another miracle, and even better than the first, cried David. This is wonderful. Praised are you, O Lord, our God, who answers the prayer of those who call upon you in truth. He scooped up the loaves and ran home to share God's gift with his wife and children. And so it went week after week, month after month, year after year. The rich man brought the 12 loaves of challah to the bread of the ark as a gift for God. And week after week, David, the poor man, brought home 12 loaves of challah bread from the ark as a gift from God. The weeks grew into months and the months into years. Jacob's giving and David's receiving became the routine thing. The rich man would run down to the empty synagogue with a sack of challah bread and throw them into the ark. And no sooner did he leave than the poor man would run in and scoop up the bread and shout, Thank you, God. Then one day the rabbi happened to come back into the prayer hall late one afternoon and watch the whole amazing thing. Astonished, the rabbi called Jacob and David back and told them that he had seen Jacob and David and were astonished too. The holy ark is not some kind of heavenly bakery, said the rabbi. I should have known God doesn't eat challah bread, said Jacob, his voice now low and sad. There wasn't a miracle after all. I should have known God doesn't bake challah bread, said David, his voice so in lad. There wasn't a miracle after all. You are correct. God does not eat bread, and God does not bake bread either, the rabbi said with a kind smile. God's miracles are not like that. Then the rabbi took their hand in his. Now that you know that God does not eat bread and God does not bake bread, you have something even harder. Jacob, you have to go on baking the bread anyway, and David, you have to go on eating the bread also. Now you understand that your hands are God's hands. Jacob and David looked at their hands, and then they looked in each other's face, and then they understood. No, now Jacob and David often come to the synagogue together. They sit side by side. Jacob does not fall asleep during the prayers, and David's belly does not growl from hunger. After the prayers, they come out and stand together in the warm sunshine. If you were there, you might see them, two men standing together looking at one another, Two men who understand that their hands are God's hands. The end. In God's hands. So what was this book about? Did you hear anything about sharing? How did these two people share? Yeah. 
They shared bread. One would bake. They shared toys. Okay. Right. So that's what we are talking about today in your Sunday school and as uh, in our church, in our worship this morning. We are talking about sharing. Now, you all, everybody here, you didn't see this, but all the adults behind you while we were reading bread, they all have a cup of M&Ms, right? And so do you, right? So what we're going to do in just a minute, but not yet, is we're going to stand up and see those spoons that you have. And the adults, you should have a spoon too. And we are going to share our M&Ms with everybody else. So you're going to take a spoonful of M&Ms and you're going to pour it into your neighbor's cup, just like this. Can I put some in yours? All right. So we're all going to share. All right. So everybody stand up. And for those that want to participate, you can stand up as well. And let's begin sharing. Share all your M&Ms. Did you share? Good.